I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Where's the rest of the scripture at? I'm just kidding. It's only two verses. <laughs> hey, you want to use this? Yeah. Thank you. We'll get the likes for him. Thank you. You got this, Alex. Oh, Thanks, Sweet. Thank you. Yeah, I'm just going to pray before I start, um, if y'all don't mind. Lord, uh, would you be with us today? Would you go before me? Um, I know we've already prayed, but Lord, would you... Speak through me, Lord. Use me as a broken vessel, Lord. Um, let your word reach everyone's heart tonight. Um, like Seth said, get me out of the way, Lord. Let it be you that's coming through. Heavenly Father, just guide us. We love you and we need you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. So, as we just read, we're going to be talking about Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Super short little chunk, right? But... There's so much in this uh, that I love. Title is Living Sacrifice, and obviously it said it there, so I'll just read it again one more time. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. We'll just stop there for now and focus on that one verse. Um, so a little bit of background before we jump straight into it. So does anyone know who the author of the book of Romans is? Paul, yes, it's a Pauline letter. Um, Paul is an apostle of Jesus. Um, well, he came to know Jesus after Jesus had already died uh, through a vision that Jesus gave to him, which was awesome, honestly. Um, and in this verse, you see the word, therefore. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. Um, so before we even talk about this verse, we've got to talk about what the therefore means in there. Like, what, is he, what does that mean? Um, uh, I did a little, I didn't realize it at first, but it says, therefore, therefore, I, I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> um, so in the previous uh, chapter, Romans 11, the, the last three verses, I think really sum it up very nicely. So it says, it's quoting um, some other scripture right here. It says, for who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. And so when we jump into this next verse, the very first um, verse of chapter 12, the next chapter, he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. So what I think of when, when I read this is I think the only thing that makes sense for me to, to realize is it's almost like he's saying, because of everything I just said, it only makes perfect sense to do what I'm about to tell you to do, right? So I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So Paul is calling us to live a certain way. He's calling us to live a certain kind of life, a life that he calls a living sacrifice. Um, 
presenting your bodies, our bodies, as a living sacrifice. So what does that mean? Does that mean every single part of us? Yes, that means every part of us. That means um, our minds. Our minds are a part of our body. That means our thoughts are to be presented, presented as a sacrifice to God. Our, our words that come out of our bodies are, are to be presented as a living sacrifice. Everywhere we go, what we do with our hands, what we do with our eyes should be acceptable to God. Even the broken parts of us should be presented as a living sacrifice to God. And then it says, holy and acceptable to God. What does that mean? Um, what it made me think of was in Leviticus 19, uh, verses 1 through 2, and then a little jump to verse 5. It says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel, and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. When you offer a sacrifice of peace offerings to the Lord, you shall offer it so that you may be accepted. So this isn't the only place in Leviticus where it says, you shall be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. He actually says this so many times in this book. Um, and it's repeated so many times in the Old Testament. And almost once again here, you know, like, be holy. Let your body be a living sacrifice. It's so important, obviously, because it's been repeat, repeated so many times. So, um, well, we can jump back real quick. So, Going back to that, uh, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So just to sum this little verse up again, there's a lot in here that you could miss or you could just read over. Um, but it says he's calling us to something. Paul is saying, live a life that is, that is worthy of, of God. Um, that means every part of your life, not just Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings, right? How many of y'all come to church here on Sunday mornings? Yeah. So that doesn't mean that once you leave church here, you just go on your day and, and forget about God. That means every single part of your life. Um, you could also think about it like this. How worthy is God of your life? Is he, is he just worthy of your Sundays? And your Wednesday nights, is, is that all God is worth to you? Or is he worth every second of your life? Every thought in your head, is he worth that? Or is he only worth Wednesdays and, and Sundays? So, moving on to the next verse. Um, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So I had to look up the word conformed. I, I kind of had an idea of what it meant, but I, I just wanted to get a clear definition. It says to behave according to socially acceptable conventions or standards, or to sum it up in my own words, um, doing what everyone else does because it's easy or because it's comfortable. Um, but Paul is saying, don't do that. You know, how many, how many of y'all have seen your friends do things that you know you, sh you probably shouldn't have done? Yeah, I've seen it time and time again. And, and there's always something in me that's like, oh, I, sh I shouldn't do this. Maybe, maybe I'll just step back from this one. Um, that's the Holy Spirit convicting you. Um, and, and Paul is saying, don't just do what they do because they're doing it or because it's cool. He's saying, don't be conformed. Don't just... Do it because it's easy. 
do the hard thing. Honestly, being a Christian is hard sometimes, uh, a lot of the times, actually. Um, but it, he doesn't just end it there. He doesn't just say, don't be conformed. He says, be transformed. How many of you can change what you look like right now? I don't know, I can't. But he's not talking about your physical body. He's saying be transformed in your mind. Your mind is going to be transformed. There's this term called neuroplasticity. I've heard uh, one of my uh, favorite pastors talk about it. Uh, and, and he says neuroplasticity is this idea that has just recently came around that um, you can break old habits that you formed in your mind and, and new habits can be formed. So it seems like, he, he also says this all the time, it seems like science and, and uh, psychology is now catching up to the Bible. Because he's already taught, uh, Romans, this, this letter was written a long time ago, way before neuroplasticity was even a thing. And now we're starting to see, yes, this is possible, that, that your mind can be renewed. So the renewal of your mind is, is when your mind starts changing. Uh, the things you once loved are no longer things you love. The, you start loving new things. You start loving Jesus because he's the one renewing your mind. So um, I, I want to jump to Psalm 37, verse 4. It says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So I've heard a lot of people read this and just think, I'm going to delight myself in the Lord and I'm going to get everything that I want if I follow the Lord. If I follow him, my life will be easy. Right? Maybe, maybe you've thought that before yourself. But I don't think that's what it's saying here. Because it starts with delight yourself in the Lord. Now, if you're delighting yourself in the Lord, that means that's what's going to bring you joy. You know? And, and when, when it says that he will give you the desires of your heart... I believe that the desires of your heart when you delight in the Lord is Jesus. So when he's giving you the desires of your heart, he's giving you more of himself because your, uh, your heart has been made new. Your mind has been renewed. So it's not that, that you're going to get everything in this world that you want. It's going to be that your desires start to change. And that made me think of 2 Timothy 2.22, um, a, a really good verse if you're, if you're struggling with sin. It says, so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So I read this verse a while ago, and, and it has just stuck with me for a really long time. In so many different occasions, the first three words, so flee youthful passions. So youthful passions, I imagine it being the things that I once thought were so great, but now I look back and, and think of how foolish these things are now. So I, I started thinking, if, if you would have told me my senior year of high school that I'd be up on a stage talking to people younger than me about Jesus, I would have laughed in your face. I, I would have said, I'm, I'm not going to be doing that. Why would I ever do that? I, I don't care enough. Why, why would I, I want to talk about Jesus, you know? I wouldn't have said that I hated Jesus, but I lived as if I hated Jesus and I hated God. So when I look back at those passions, this was not my passion. I had no passion for Jesus. I didn't care what Jesus had to say about me. I look back to my youthful passions and I'm like, oh, I'm so glad the Lord chose me and, and took me out of that. Because now, 
this is my passion. I love Jesus, and he is the, the, center, the centerpiece of my life. And, I, and while I don't live it perfectly, he is what wakes me up in the morning, what gets me up, and what gives me hope, honestly. Um, so when we're talking about the renewal of our mind, I don't think it's, it's saying that you're going to get everything that you want. I think your mind's going to end up changing your heart and your desires the more you fill it with God, the more you're going to be hungry for God. And I will say that that's true in my life. You know, there will be seasons where I just don't feel like opening my Bible. There will be times in my life when I, when I feel like that. But it's not when I don't read my Bible that I want to be closer to God. It's when I choose to read it, even when I don't want to, that I end up praising God and loving God more afterwards. So, the last part of this verse, it says... That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So I wrote down at the bottom, how do you know what is right and good? You know, I can't trust myself. I've tried and, and I've failed many times. I can't trust myself. So how are we supposed to know? It says that by testing, you may discern. How do you test it? Well, I wrote down this GPS method. Um, I didn't make this up. I heard this in a sermon once. Uh, the G stands for God's people. And this isn't in any specific order. I, you can go out of order. But how do you discern what, what's good and what's right in the eyes of God? Uh, so G, God's people. You, you console with people um, or you talk to people that love Jesus. You say, hey, I, I thought about this. Do you think that this is glorifying to God? Or maybe I think God's calling me to do this. Or, um, hey, I, I like this girl, but do you think that she is someone that would that I'd be able to glorify God with, you know? It, uh, so, so coming into community of believers, not, not people in this world, not people who don't know Jesus, because they're going to lead you astray just as much as you would, but believers, people that believe in God. So then the P is prayer. So you're literally bringing it to God, and you're saying, God, this is on my heart. I desire this. If this is right in your will, would you make it be? So... How many of you say in your prayers, Lord, I know I make these plans in my life, for my life, but forget those plans, Lord. Uh, forget those plans that I've made for my life. I want your plans. What you want for me is what I want for me, even though I don't see it right now. How many of you say that? You don't have to raise your hand. But, <laughs> you know, in your, in your mind, do you say that or are you always saying, God, I, I want this so bad? Or could you give me this? Could you lead me here? Could you make this my future? You know, I think living a, 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 being a living sacrifice also means your mind. So you're going to have to give up and sacrifice these, these things that you desire so much to God. You're going to have to give them to God. Um, and then the S in GPS. So it's God's people, prayer, and then scripture. How does it align with the Bible? How does it align with what... Jesus says about it, with what God's word says about it. And, and if it aligns with it, and, and God's people that know you are saying that, oh, that sounds like it's something that, that's from God, and you've prayed about it, and God hasn't convicted you otherwise, I think that's how you discern what the will of God is. You know, this isn't the, the most foolproof method, but it's, it's one of the best ones that I've found, at least. So, um, if we go back to verse 1, uh, I, I skipped a little part in there intentionally. It says, 
I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So, um, what this means to me is, I, you know, you can, you can be living for God, but you can be dreading it. You know, or, or you can be trying your hardest, but you can be dreading it. You know, it, it's just the hardest thing to do every day. But in a way, this is a spiritual worship, you know. Um, I, I found this verse, or not this verse, this quote. I'm not going to read it out of the book. But it says, the thought of you stirs him so deeply. So this is a, a quote by St. Augustine. He's praying to God. Uh, this is a prayer that he wrote down to God. It says, the thought of you, God stirs him so deeply that he cannot be content unless he praises you because you made us for yourself and our, hi- our hearts find no peace until they rest in you. I mean, how many of you feel this way? That you can't rest until you have Jesus. Maybe that's not how you feel. You know, I, I didn't feel like that for a long way. And, and that's, that's, that's a truth that a lot of us might live. But the fact is, God designed us for himself to be content in him. So we should try to have this heart, this heart that says, oh, Lord, I I have so much going on in my life right now. I'm feeling everything that I don't want to feel right now. But I can't rest until I have you, Lord. Would you make it right for me? Um, God designed us to be like this, to be utterly dependent on him. Um, So... Uh, we can never be perfect and holy alone, you know, right? I could never do this. I could never be perfect. I could never be holy. And that's why we have Jesus. Um, you can read back to these, these two verses once again and just realize that this is Jesus that he's talking about. Um, when it says, presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice, who was our sacrifice? Jesus was sacrificed for us. Not only that, he's living. He was raised again. He's our living sacrifice. Um, We offer our spiritual worship to him because we're so thankful to him. Um, Jesus, as much as people tried, as much as Satan tried to tempt him, was not conformed by this world. He was transformed by God. He was just perfect in nature. Um, And he knew God's will. And God's will was for him to be sacrificed on the cross. Um, for our sins, for our iniquities, you know. And so when you think about this, these two verses, uh, I I just want to leave you with with some things that you can do. So you might be thinking, you know, we just read these verses. What can I do? So I wrote down, you can leave here changed. You don't have to leave here feeling the same way you did tonight. You don't have to leave here feeling guilty, feeling like you're so far gone from Jesus. You can leave your change because Jesus is calling you. Jesus wants a relationship with you. So I'm so encouraged by the people who got baptized this weekend. I'm so encouraged by y'all because I remember a time when I was baptized. And, you know, it was such a sweet time in my life. I, I had just came to know Jesus, and I was expressing it physically. And, oh, how much I've, I've grown since then, you know. Praise God. <laughs> um, oh. And so, so you can leave your changed. You can walk out of this room as a living sacrifice for God, glorifying him in all that you do, in everything that you say, everything that you think, everything that you, um, that you do with your body. 
and you can seek his presence through prayer and reading the Bible constantly every single day. Uh, my encouragement to you is to, to read the rest of this uh, chapter. You know, We read two verses, but, but this chapter isn't too long. Verses 9 and 10 are, are another really good uh, ch- uh, little chunk in here. Don't just leave here and, and let this sit and, and, and just die in your head. Don't let it come in one ear and come out another. Think about this because God wrote this down. God made this be uh, recorded so that you could hear these things. Um, oh, I guess that is it. Well, we're going to go into our grow groups too. I'll pray us out here in a second. And um, we're going to be doing some discussion questions with each other. Um, but really just open up in those discussion questions. Like think about them and, and think deeply, you know. Don't take them as a joke. Like really just think about them because, you know, you can, you can really apply this to your life. So... Heavenly Father, uh, I just thank you so much for this group of people in here. Lord, eager for your word, um, eager to hear from you. Heavenly Father, I pray that, that anything that I said that wasn't true, Lord, that, that it would lead their ears. But Lord, all the truth that is from your word, that it would stay in their ears and change their hearts, Lord. Um, would you go before us tonight and for the rest of this, uh, this life that we're living, Lord? Um, go before us, send your spirit upon us. We need you, Lord. We're so broken and desperate, Lord. We pray this and lift up our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let's give Alex some snaps. Yeah. All right. Here's what we're going to do. High school boys and eighth grade boys are with me in my office. High school girls and Webster Student Ministry veterans. Veterans, you guys know what a veteran is? No. You've already went through here. You're done. But you're here tonight. <laughs> veteran. <laughs> veteran. <laughs> uh, are with Claire in the praise area, this room. Middle school boys. Raise your hand if you're in seventh grade. Boy. Okay, good, good, good. Alright, y'all are going with Alex, Seth, and Gus outside. Middle school girls with Kadri and EG in the classroom. Sixth graders. Who's a sixth grader? Okay. Great. Sixth graders are going to be with Ben and Cassidy in the upstairs conference room. All right? Ready, set, go.